That's, this is why I figured we'd be able to record anyhow, even with you wiped out, because we'd have so much to talk about. Yeah. Getting our blab on. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so, uh, same room. Yeah. That's, we're doing that a lot all of a sudden this year. I know. I, I know. Part of it's baby. Um, uh, that's fair. Yeah. Some, some economic opportunity in mm-hmm. my case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You're here uh, prospecting for gold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, river's kind of deep. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah, and oddly enough, you're the only one out there. Um, there's not really a gold rush, I, I tried to tell you, but... I mean, it's just like, you know, in, in my, my academic work, you want to be somebody with a, with a hot idea, and you're the only mm. one saying it, because that means it's, right. it's got to be new and, right. and great. Skate to where the puck is going. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan. Is it weird that I pictured, like, a video game puck? Like... On an old-timey pixelated screen. Could be worse. You could have pictured Puck from a Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, yeah. There's a Shakespeare festival in town right now. Mm, This town or your town? This town. Oh, this town. Uh, Really? I didn't even know. Yeah, it's weird. That explains an awful lot, though. (laughs) Are you you seeing things? Verily. (laughs) I think we're done. You are listening to Priority, a podcast about choices, limitations, and getting stuff done. Priority is hosted by Katie Leibman and her brother, Max Leibman. That's me. Today's episode is entitled, Lean Into the Band-Aid. For complete show notes, including links to anything we discuss on the podcast today, visit us online at priority.fm slash 62. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you gave any thought at all to topics, probably not, because that was kind of the, the deal that we made was you would do this while you were really tired, as long as I, you didn't have to prepare. But, but then I, okay, so here's the weird thing, you don't have to go with this. Um, <laughs> you always have a topic. Oh my god, I can't turn the brain <laughs> off. I, I do, I do have something if you don't, so. Of course you do, see? It's not just me. Well, I was doing it because you, yeah, you didn't want to do it at all, so I figured I'd better come up with something. But oh, anyhow, man. please, what did, what, what did you come up with so accidentally? It, it's extremely relevant to both um, all the scheming we did to arrive at this moment where we're sitting in the same room and recording, mm-hmm. um, and relevant, hopefully, to our listeners' lives, as we always Hi, listeners. To be. So one preamble may not actually connect, but it's just an observation. So it is interesting. We are in the same room, again, um, several times this year this has happened. But I'm in this weird state of mind, somewhere between visitor, vis- I can't even talk, visitor, tourist, visitor, maybe that's where my brain is going. Visitress, or is that too sexist? Vis- visitrist or visitress? Tress, like oh. actress. Yeah, no, it's not Doctress. Mechanic-tress? <laughs> Steward-tress? Yeah. Yeah. Tetris? But then what, do, what would the other one be? Tetter? So you're visiting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting to be in <clears throat> another place for a, a slightly longer period of time. And I don't know. So I'm ruminating on that. But anyway, um, the pseudo topic I was ruminating on, and it makes sense that I was able to ruminate on it, uh, because I had a lot more capacity in terms of energy and brain space at 5 p.m. than I thought I would. So hmm. on the shuttle from um, the place where I currently have a temporary job to the place where I'm temporarily staying, <laughs> uh, <laughs> names redacted, um, 
I was thinking about how, when I was thinking about what I would feel like at the end of today, I was imagining something much worse. But yeah. I was also thinking about how leading up to this this temporary job, I had no idea how I was going to feel. Mm. So, topic, it's really hard to know how you're going to feel, but at least for me personally, mm. I, I, I try really hard to be good to myself. So I, I kind of end up bracing for the worst when I don't know how I'm going to feel. Mm-hmm. Period. I mean, like, All right. three anything. Sure. We could we could talk about that. Um, yeah, the the uh, as I so often do, the first my first instinct is to reach for a book that I half read like fifteen years ago. Um, <laughs> in this case, probably about fifteen years ago, because I think it came out in two thousand eight or so. But um, uh, Dr. Daniel Gilbert's "Stumbling on Happiness," which I've talked about on the podcast before. Um, he talks a lot about this, um, I believe the term in psychology is affective forecasting, and like things like time estimation, it is something that we as people are really bad about. Um, and one thing that comes to mind, and I don't know if this is, I doubt this is exactly what you were picturing when you were making the forecasting error of saying, I'm going to feel like crap and all wiped out at 5 p.m., but like a, an example of a common pattern um, that humans have is we usually um, are bad at forecasting how long it will take to get over or get used to something. Um, like if you pull people, uh, and, and, you know, this is, this is a horrible survey question, so sorry everybody to be a downer, but if you pull people and ask them, like, you know, how do you imagine you would feel if your significant other died? Um, and people say things like, I would feel really bad. I would feel really bad for a really long time. I would be completely destroyed. I don't know how I would pick up and go on. Um, and you know, I think uh, most people who are in decent relationships and even some people who aren't will feel that way immediately in that kind of circumstance. But what is actually found for most people is, um, yes, they feel awful, but they do pick up and move on. You know, you, you do heal, you do get some of that back, you know, and there's, that's not to say that, that you ever get over the loss of say the love of your life or, or a best friend or anything like that. But we get over it more than we expect to, and we do so faster than we expect to, um, is what the research tends to find. Um, so, it, you know, in an interesting way, um, we've talked before about how humans are bad at estimating. Um, we're also bad at, at this, like, predicting how we're going to feel and how we're going to be, but sometimes even even it's too, uh, to kind of to our benefit. We expect worse, worse feelings than we're going to have, and we expect not to be able to cope with them, when in fact we can cope with an awful lot. That's a lot I have to climb back out of right now. Okay. So, um, we can talk about something else if you'd rather. Puppies! <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's fair, though. Because that was what I discovered sitting on, on the shuttle was, I have space to think in complete sentences. Isn't this marvelous? I didn't know this would happen. Those are all actually complete sentences. Mm-hmm. Mm. Indeed. Um... Do you, do you feel in general like you you do that when you are when you are forecasting your affect as they say um, are you do you feel like you are one to predict it's going to be more tiring it's going to be worse you're going to be more sad well and I like I hear what you're saying about the research for me I don't know that I would ever characterize it as prediction because like for me and I know I've said this before I am very much a product of both our parents so I literally um, you are so funny. Um, 
So I will absolutely prepare for the worst possible scenarios that could happen, but I'm meanwhile going to hope that the best things happen. Mm -hmm. So that in either case, you know, I'm either prepared or ready to feel really good about it. Right. Because, hey, it turned out okay. Yeah. Um, so for me, like, I, I think about the word bracing a lot. Mm. Um, just even in the last couple of years, like, I've, I've thought about how, um, you know, as life's challenges get bigger and more surprising as, as we continue through adulthood, um, I think about the word bracing a lot. Like, what am I, what am I preparing for? What am I trying to steal myself for? What do I need to be ready mm-hmm. to face? But even though I'm still an optimistic person, I'm still often surprised when I do feel better than I think I will. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I I think, um, I don't know, for, for myself, like you, you said, you don't know, really know that it's a prediction. And as I was, I was reflecting on it, I really don't know that I, I think that much in terms of prediction either. Um, I, I will say like, I can see a similar kind of error in my own thinking because very often, you know, like, and, and uh, this comes down to a lot of things. Like I think loss of perspective, like, uh, and we might've even talked about something like this before, but if, if somebody, you know, slights you in some way, you know, you get cut off in traffic or somebody, um, cuts in front of you in, in line at Disney world or, or, you know, someone, you imagine some, some slight or some insult that somebody has uttered to you in public. Um, you know, I can, I can get amazingly wrapped up in how important and awful that is and what that says about that person and what that says about the world and what that says about me. And all it really takes is about like three minutes of thinking about or doing something else. And I suddenly, like, I can remember that I was that mad, but I can't get back in that headspace. Like I can't access that again. Um, so I, I know like in, in a, in a contemporaneous sense, like in the, in the now, I can definitely lose track of how well things are going. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like I often anticipate though, that I'm going to feel worse than I do. I do sometimes I can think of cases where I've been like, this is going to be much worse than it, than it actually ended up being. But mostly I think I'm very optimistic about how I'm going to feel. Um, I'm like, oh yeah, I can take another three classes right now. Oh, oh yeah, no problem. I can take on another job right now. Oh yeah, I can do that project. You know, no problem. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. We can do that with fewer people Mm -hmm. and, and less time. Well, yeah. And some of that gets back to we think we, everything's going to take less time than it will. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of that sounds like oh, yeah. know, workload capacity. Mm-hmm. I'm um, great at estimating. <laughs> like all humans are, right? <laughs> as the research shows. Yeah. Um, um, I can th- I can think, as I, as I think, as I said, though, you know, talking about workload and, and projects and estimating, it does occur to me um, a, a specific kind of example of a sort of thing that, like, I heading into it, I always thought, oh, God, that sounds terrible. And then the few times it's happened has been actually pretty good. Um, uh, at, at my previous salaried role, um, there was one particular client that every February when their project rolled around, I would end up having at least one all nighter on where like literally I would go in at seven in the morning one day and I would leave at seven or eight in the morning the next day. Um, and it happened three years in a row and, and honestly it sounds terrible and you know, it's not something I want to do all the time, but like in the heat of it, it was never, I was never miserable there doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, those were actually kind of fun, weird nights. Um, and uh, I think part of that's helped by my introvert nature and the fact that I, I was literally the last man standing all three times. Like, no one else did that with me. Um, but yeah, it's... I, I do also have that problem of, of you know, 
my, I don't know if it's even a problem, but saying, man, I can't do this. This isn't going to be so bad. I'm going to be so tired. And then I get in and it's like, oh, you know what? I can do this. Mm -hmm. This is fine. Yeah. And I think that sort of, you know, ripping the bandaid effect or jumping into the water, what have you, jumping Mm -hmm. into the bandaid. Yeah. You're supposed to lean into the bandaid or else you can, you can tumble off the motorcycle. Mm, Because feminism. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, like once Nietzsche said that. Once you have lent into your motorcycle, you're fine, right? You're you know that you can do it because you've already started. Mm-hmm. That sort of feeling. Right. Um, I think for me, the other thing I was thinking about was workloads. One thing, or like projects, is one thing, but I think I brace especially hard for things with humans that I think are going to be difficult. So I was thinking mm. about, in particular. Um, having to have really uncomfortable meetings with students where Mm -hmm. either we need to talk about consequences for some negative choice they've made, or, Mm -hmm. um, I want to try to help them see the reality. Even if the reality is you are failing this class and you, (laughs) you cannot continue, um, or it'd behoove you to take your, take your talents elsewhere. Um, you know, have, you, I, have you literally told a student to take their talents elsewhere? I'll tell you where to put your talents. <laughs> that is a terrible way to put that. Shove it up your math class. <laughs> Although I'm going to remember that next time I have to fire somebody. Oh my God. Take your talents. I feel like your talents are really needed somewhere else. <laughs> I feel like that's a sports ball thing though. Like, oh, I'm taking my talent elsewhere. Like that's what they say when they've been traded or something. Mm. Isn't that a thing? Billy, is that a, that's a thing, right? Like that phraseology, taking your talents, whatever. Mm. Anyway, um, I'll tell you where you can put your talents. Um, I was I was waiting because I figured you would make the joke if I didn't. You betcha. Yeah. Those, so I think those moments, I definitely, I don't know if overbrace would be the correct phrasing. Because what I was thinking about was I will anticipate that the students will say the most, um, defensive or combative or, Mm -hmm. um, angry or accusatory things. Um, and although like sometimes that stuff does come back at me and then I do feel more prepared for having thought through that Mm -hmm. at the same time, I'm almost never prepared for, um, the things they say and do that make me feel really sympathetic and really, I don't know. Like, I'm not ready for the other paths when I overbrace. Same thing even for little things, like when I'm out in public somewhere and I need to go ask somebody for help or, like, mm-hmm. to clarify something for me. Like, oh, I see that the check-in desk is over there, but where do I go do this thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, if I have to go interrupt somebody to do that, like, I expect things to go wrong. Right. Because that way, if they do, it's no big deal, you know? Right. Um, I, it's, it's, uh, as you were talking about that, the overbrace, it occurs to me, I have a present example of that, that, that very thing. Although being me, it's, it's not actually a face-to-face conversation. I was picturing going badly. So I had a, I had a recent email exchange. This is a work thing, but I feel comfortable talking about this because I think I can genericize it enough. So, um, I am responsible for, for supervising and, and managing the work of a small number of people and, um, uh, some of them work where I do, and then there are a couple that, that are sort of shared resources that are remote, um, that just sort of, I, I just sort of got them added. Um, I'm not really in charge of them so much as I get like five to 10 hours of their time every week, um, to put towards things. 
And we needed to get some software onto one of their computers. And this particular software package um, it is fairly costly, not like a ridiculous amount of money, but you know, it not not insignificant. We'll just for an arbitrary number, we'll say five hundred dollars. It wasn't actually five hundred dollars. Don't look up price lists and try to guess what industry mm-hmm. I'm in. It won't work. Um, but anyhow, we'll say five hundred dollars per per seat per person who has this installed on their computer. Um, so I, I put in a request with our, with our IT department, you know, a help desk ticket saying, Hey, we need such and such to have, um, you know, you, we need, we need Carl van Wusenwaffen to have this software installed on, on his computer. And, uh, I, I got a note back saying, Hey, we can absolutely do this. Um, I see that they're remote, so there might be some, some issues with timing, but we can work it out. Oh, Hey, here's the cost. We need your cost center in order to charge this. And I said, oh, I didn't realize it was that much. Let me let me get back to you on that. And I did some checking and I realized that um, earlier in the year, we had actually changed structure a little bit. So I had, I had you know, when, when someone had left the company, we didn't replace them. So I had had an extra PC in my area with a license for the software on it. And then on top of that, um, when I was out on paternity leave, someone had come in and swapped computers around trying to solve some other issue. And in the course of that, one of the computers that had the software in my area left and was replaced by one that did not have the software on it. So I wrote back once I figured all this out and I said, hey, look, we had um, ultra maximum super duper pro version 10 on three PCs. Now we only have it on two. So I would like that license transferred to Carl's computer. Um, and then I got kind of a nasty gram back saying, okay, we're closing the ticket. Um, when you have a cost center, we'll go ahead and do this, but we're not, we're not gonna, you know, we need a cost center to charge. And so I stewed about this and steamed about this for like a week and a half. And I knew that whole time exactly what I was going to do, which is I got together all the documentation of what had happened to the computer we had before and how many licenses we had before and what I needed to happen. And I wrote it up in a help desk ticket saying, you know, I need this installed. Um, Either I need the license located from the one that you took and transferred to her, or I need you to credit our cost center, which is this cost center number with this many dollars because you took one away, and then you can charge our cost center for it. I said, one way or another, you know, the accounting's got to balance. We, we end up with the same number of licenses when we get done. And we end up getting charged zero dollars. That's what I want. And I was anticipating, like, the same guy getting the ticket and sending me another nasty gram, or I would immediately get an email saying the ticket is closed and marked resolved because, you know, they, they needed to charge the cost center. Or we get escalated and the manager of IT was going to call me and she was going to yell at me because I'm being a jerk and a baby and that's not how the licenses work and anyhow that would have been a lie i was also but that's something i was bracing for like i was ready to have that fight i was gonna i was all prepared to say you know what i need you to send me that license agreement i want to read that because i think you're lying um i was picturing all these fights and all these negative outcomes and all this stuff and so a week and a half after the initial ticket got closed when i opened it up again with all this extra documentation 15 minutes later i get an email saying it's installed (laughs) And so it's in that moment, and of course, if everything works out fine, that's great. But as we know, this is all about me, so my my, <laughs> my satisfaction matters. It's almost like I don't know how to <laughs> appropriately appreciate those people in those moments because I was, I don't know, I was unprepared for whatever they were going to say. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's it might, there might be kind of a something related to and I'm, I'm not saying it's this but something related to what they call the fundamental attribution error the you know i do i do things because of reasons other people do things because they're bad that that kind of thing um there might be a thing where you are not seeing the full spectrum of what they can 
what they're capable of. You are not anticipating the full range of human responses because you see them as, you see this as a transaction. I'm going to say this, and they're either going to take it with a nod and say you are very wise, Katie-san, or um, they're going to like flip out and throw a table over and cry, and it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Am I close? No, no, but I, but I don't know. Well, that's the whole thing. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know how I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. But it stinks because then when stuff happens, like, it becomes a deal before it even becomes a deal. You know, like, mm-hmm. when we get those those emails that let us know something could be brewing, then the brain train starts and you can't slow it down. Mm-hmm. Until you know that it's yeah. going to be resolved. I think, I've, I think I've told the story before. I won't retell the whole thing. But like the email I got several years ago that I've talked about on the show where uh, my boss's boss wrote me and, and like sent me a meeting invite for a meeting with no agenda. <laughs> Subject line, quick huddle. Uh, or quick huddle on job roles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no content. One hour for the next day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking even of, you know, things that it could be anything from the student as an individual is confused to I've totally dropped the ball as a teacher about blank that I said I was going to provide. But when mm-hmm. a, a single student emails and says, Hey, what was the deal with blank? I don't see anything, mm-hmm. you know, and suddenly I don't know what they're looking at. I don't know what's missing. Right. And it feels like a, is it a you or is hunt. it them? Yeah. 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 Um, and either way, wh- how, how, what do I do now? How, you know, do I need to be, Walking them through something? Do I need to, you know, just tell them they need to buckle down and pay attention? I I think sink or swim. You say, you know what? I am pushing you out of the nest into the deep end of the pool, and it is time to skate to where the puck is going. Dive into the Band-Aid. Have we had Band-Aid in a previous title? I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe in a proposed one. Yeah, we've had a lot of proposed titles. Pretty sure it's written down in the journal. That'd be a good listicle. Rejected titles. (laughs) Uh, writes itself. Island of, of misfit titles. It doesn't write itself. We literally write it. <laughs> it's in texts and my journal and yeah. our email. You don't know that I write those. I th- How did you get them into a text message? They might have written themselves. Oh my god, that's not a thing. The robots are not here. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you would know whether that's a thing or not, whether things can write themselves. Being, <laughs> being that that is literally your job, is, um, is we, writing, and teaching writing. <laughs> I was just talking to a colleague about this. Um, we can link to it in show notes. The robots are not here. <laughs> to your colleague? Yeah, that's what I meant. Um, the robots cannot write essays that would pass for uh, human writing yet. No, Last no. Last I read. No, not, uh, I would imagine not Not essays on a variety of open-ended topics. The, um, the example of that that I find interesting is that, that is in limited actual commercial use right now is like in such a narrow domain. There is software that writes um, summaries of sporting events and it will pick out key mm-hmm. highlights and important stats. But like that is a very, it's a mm-hmm. well-established format. Um, it, it is analyzing fairly regular data. I mean, you know, anything can happen in a sports ball match, as we know. That's that's why you have so much great color commentary that varies so wildly from one game to the next. It but, varies 110%. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it, the only reason you could pull it off at all is because, you know, things like a list of players' names for each team and the stats and stuff like that is all available, crunchable data, you know, that can be written in, in frankly, you know, and it's not, it's not like great sports writing. This isn't like Hunter S. Thompson, you know, 
banging out an essay about the Kentucky Derby being, um, I don't even remember what adjective he used because I didn't actually read that one. I don't <laughs> horsey. Care. I don't even <laughs> the Kentucky Derby is debauched and horsey. <laughs> I believe that's the word you're looking for. Yeah. I think you're thinking uh, of horsey. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've read sports writing and I've read Hunter S. Thompson, but Nara the Twain shot me. Um, yeah. I don't even remember what I was, where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So robots writing. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, so the robots that are writing commercially, like, you know, it's it's only in extremely limited domains so far mm-hmm. where there is data and there is an established format. Mm-hmm. We, we might be talking about the same thing. When you started talking, I thought you were going to say press releases because I've seen that somewhere. Oh, no, yeah, I, I imagine it's probably a very similar very similar software. I know there's, um, I think Summify is the name. I'll link to it in show notes. There's a product, um, Yahoo probably bought them and, and screwed it up because that's what Yahoo does. But there was a service that was doing this. They, they um, were doing this thing where they had software that would read news articles and make like a three bullet point summary of them. And it was, it was one of those where like occasionally it would be almost magical, like how apt and, and insightful the three bullets were. But most of the time it was like somewhere between missing the point and gibberish, Mm. um, for a lot of them. And that was like summarizing something someone else had already written. Like that wasn't even original writing. That was still just boiling something else down. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm still safe for now. The robots also cannot analyze essays very well. No, no. I mean, they can crunch keywords with the best of them, but that's not going to... That only gets you so far. Mm-hmm. And that'll get you something. You know, that's valuable. But mm-hmm. I think that's for a while to come. That's going to be... For a while, that's going to be insight that a human being will then need to apply to something. So I hear job security. For a while. For KDF and Lightman. <laughs> for now. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? You know, horses. <laughs> Ding. So, um, is this even a problem we need to solve? I don't know. I just if wanted... you if you feel worse about things before you get there, and then you feel a little better when you're there, is that is that or isn't that already in some ways an adaptive pattern? I guess because I'm still alive. But I don't know. Well, a lot of people who smoke are still alive. It doesn't make yeah. that an adaptive pattern. Yeah. I don't know. I was just making an observation. Like, I, well, well, I guess here's a call, listeners. Plural. Listener Z. Like, do people. <laughs> Dragon, Dragon Listener Z. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu, I choose. Wait. No. Like, like, is this how humans feel? Do I, is this, is this what people feel? Or just like preppers and. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean prepper prepper. Well, I, I think that's like where it would be. I think that we're, that's where it would be maladaptive. Is procrastinators like I mean, okay, everybody procrastinates. I know, but you know, serious clinical procrastinators. I think is where this is not adaptive. Obviously, where you feel worse about it than you actually will when you're doing it. Like you, you feel worse in advance. You know, yeah. but I, I think for like just the run of the mill, the Katie's of the world, is this a problem? Well, that's what I, I guess. That's what I'm asking. So no, there's not a, a <clears> lesson. Just affirm me. <laughs> I affirm you. You are Katie Leibman. No. You just stop. Full stop. You have been listening to Priority. Once again, for complete show notes, or if you'd like to send us feedback via email or subscribe to the show, visit us on the web at priority.fm. If you enjoyed the program today, 
please go to iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review, as that will help new listeners find the show. Also, if you're interested in getting updates or communicating with us via tweets, follow us on Twitter, where we are at PriorityFM. That's at P-R-I-O-R-I-T-Y-F-M. Thanks again for listening. relevant hopefully to our listeners lives as we always hi listeners hello listeners hey we went plural i didn't even notice i did that Mm. i must be you know what's what's funny it didn't occur to me this is a total aside and not your topic but until very recently it did not occur to me we were doing this but we kind of have a bit where we say the listener and like I, i i i think at some point i forgot that you were making a joke that there's only one but when I say like, if the listener is interested, I am I am like still speaking of of listeners as though there's a lot of them. I'm talking to like the individual who is listening right now. I'm not picturing that there's only one. But when I went back and listened to a bunch of our old episodes, I'm like, she is actually talking about there literally only being one listener. Yeah, often I'll picture Billy because he's usually the last listener I would have thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm thinking of something that I think might be interesting to say, the Laura or the Tim, who I also know listen. Mm-hmm. Um, Hi, Laura and Tim. Hey, I hope you're still listening. I love you. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm literally picturing one person. <laughs> capital T, capital L. Uh, um, nice. But I just realized, yeah, I said plural and then you said plural. Mm-hmm. We, we, have we arrived? No, we still have the same number of people listening. Probably. And in fact, that big spike that we got out of Venezuela has stopped. We're no longer huge in Venezuela. Mm, nuts. Okay, so we gotta, we gotta cultivate this pool. Yeah.